Welcome to the Food and Faith Podcast, conversations from the soil and around the table with your co-hosts, Sam Chamlin and Anna Wuffenden. So we're here at Ecotones of the Spirit at Warren Wilson College, and one of the cool things about being here is we're running into people that we've never met and running into stories that we've never heard before, and we're just kind of, we're sitting around tables just saying, hey, tell us who you are and what you do, and one of the remarkable things about being at this experience is that we discover that there are remarkable people doing remarkable things. Um, and so we're really pleased to bring you one of the stories that we stumbled upon today, um, and we're able to grab a quick pod. So the guest today is Devin Smith, and Devin is Episcopal clergy. She is the director of the shelter in Georgia, in Rome, Georgia, and as well as some other projects. And what you'll f- soon find as you hear her voice is she also brings an incredible warmth and spirit, deep dedication to her work and to seeing the dignity of all beings. And we are just thrilled to be able to interview her and also to find a new good friend. So Devin, yesterday we were in this group together and yes. you were sharing deeply about some important pieces which I appreciated, but the thing that caught me and I was like, oh, I want to talk to you more, <laughs> is that you used the words, a farm bus. Yes. Um, and so um, tell us, like, what is the story, what is the, uh, your path that led you to the point where you could be in a room and say, I have a farm bus. <laughs> sure. So um, I came back to Rome to be the executive director of a ministry called the Davies Homeless Shelter. Um, it's been in Rome now 17 years, providing shelter um, at, originally to nine men. Um, but when I came back, there had been this horrible um, outbreak of bed bugs, and um, the entire house that, that we had been in had to be emptied out. Things had to be burned. It was, you know, catastrophic in nature, upset everybody. Um, moved part of our, our folks into a space at the community kitchen in our town, and the board built a new building. So I came back to open up a brand new building that houses 16 men in transitional shelter. So pretty exciting to come back two and a half years ago. Um, Rome, Georgia is um, a small city of about 35,000. The county is about 95,000. What's interesting about the community is in 2011, a mental health facility that was regional was closed and it put about 700 people out in the community without a managed plan of care. So while politicians had said, oh, we're going to have group homes and wraparound services, they just were let loose and um, with no value, um, just sent, sent forth. So the homeless population in Rome now kind of ticks at about 500. Okay. Um, the city schools report 325 children as homeless. The county schools report 297 mm. children as homeless. That's under the McKinney-Vento Act, which is um, unstably sheltered. So it can yeah. be motels, cars, couches, mm. bouncing. Yeah. You know, not So it's different than being just chronically outside, but still not well. So yeah. our community really struggles. Um, it was a big mill community as well, so historically had mills and um, industry that has since folded. Um, the opioid crisis has really affected where rural Appalachia um, and meth. So there are all these moving parts that have um, created chaos in our in our community around um, homelessness. And so, so all that to say, there's a need. Yeah. And I came back to run this 16-bed facility. 
um, pretty quickly we realized that women were also unsheltered, mostly with children, and mm -hmm. were really anxious to um, let people know that because there was a fear of losing custody. And so right. women do a little bit better job of flying under the radar because mm -hmm. they don't want to lose their children. So we are hopefully, um, by the beginning of next month, opening up a 12-bed facility, eight single women and four mothers with children that will meet that need for the women in our community. So all that kind of is sheltering stuff. Yeah. Um, we've got a little over four acres where the men's shelter sits, Ooh. and um, we've cultivated a third of that in raised bed gardening. And wow. we're really initially just feeding our guests. Um, when people have been food insecure and unhoused, uh, food isn't, nutrition isn't a high priority. Yeah. You're eating what you can get to. Yeah. Um, so we began feeding people nutrient-rich food, very intentionally growing things. We have chickens and rabbits and fruit trees and bushes and um, are trying to feed people differently and reshape as part of their process towards self-sufficiency is um, food and nutrition. And that was really what we were up to. And then we just kept having this bounty of food. Um, I had an amazing farm manager who had figured out how to co-plant and mm -hmm. do things more intentionally. And we just had a bumper crop over and over. So, so what do you do so now? What do you do? <laughs> okay, I already put all that extra food. And so we were kind of handing it out. Um, the food pantry, our community food pantry, rents the building on our property, um, okay. a building on our property. So we were handing it out to folks walking across the parking lot. Um, but realizing that the city of Rome had all these food deserts and there were all these places that people weren't getting food. So just dreaming, you know, yeah. how could we get food out? My son goes to a small Catholic school and um, they were getting rid of a bus and last year <laughs> said, hey, we've got this small 18 passenger bus. Would you all be able to use it? And we thought, sure, we'll use it to drive people around. Right. Like honestly, sure. it was gonna be transportation. Um, the cost for doing that is really stupid high um, to take on that liability. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So um, that made us go, well, we're not going to drive the bus with people in it. Um, so we stepped back. Because they're a lot cheaper to ride around, if it turns out. So um, we got in touch with Berry College. It has this wonderful creative technologies program called Hackberry, H-A-C-K, and then the name Berry, B-E-R-Y. Mm -hmm. And um, we gave them the bus last fall. And we just said, make it into a farmer's market. Oh Retrofit this 18-passenger bus that is cool. so that we can have a mobile farmer's market. Yeah. Oh. And so we told them what we had hoped, what our goals were for it. And then we set loose this group of men um, in, that, in that particular um, senior thesis class, having to be men, and said, fix it for us. Mm -hmm. And they did. So they figured out things like um, the windows pop out now. They're on hydraulics. The first iteration of it, though, they had put such um, heavy hydraulics that you couldn't close the windows. <laughs> <laughs> like they popped open and, they were, and then it rained, and they were like, we can't get the windows shut. <laughs> Live and learn. So, yeah. But it's a really um, simple model. It's got uh, a countertop inside. Mm -hmm. It has bracketed um, storage, so we can, we can drive around town without baskets of food flying around inside. Um, the outside of the bus has aluminum rails. The baskets all have aluminum rails. They're from Walmart, just plastic um, crates that you use in dorms and storage. We slide them onto the side of the bus when we get to our spot and load up the vegetables and um, sell them. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. so it, it really is um, changing. And we can take EBT SNAP benefits yep. okay. at, yeah. on our bus um, in Georgia. 
one dollar becomes two. So it doubles yes. your buying power if you mm. buy fresh vegetables and um, fruit. And so we are able to sell healthy food, mm. more of it, to people who might not otherwise have um, food access. That's incredible. I just hear so many things in that story, and the thing that's really striking me um, is that you used what you have here. Mm. Like I think Gary said that this morning in yes. the session, like this idea of what do you already have in abundance? What like, are what are the resources right. that are here? And I think it's so easy to look around and have a problem and just have that despair of like, well, we don't yeah. have anything. And it's like, well, actually you had land, and then there's this bus, mm. and then there are these students. And it yeah. feels like sort of one of the the jobs that some of us are called to is to just ask that question of well, what's here and how do we connect and collaborate right. with that. Yeah, that's, that's a really strong part of our ethos is collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, we just know that we can't do all the things, yeah. but we can collaborate in ways that then begin solving systemic problems, yep. not just, you know, Band-Aid surface kind of fixes, mm-hmm. but like the underlying issue of food insecurity. Well, if we can help meet that need, yeah. then perhaps a family isn't having to decide, do we put food on our table or keep our lights on and right. drive our car? You know, right. we've, we've eliminated to mm-hmm. some degree some of that issue that yeah. could end up being mm-hmm. a homeless situation. Right. Um, well, it's hard to do go, go to school or do work while you're hungry, too, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, do you have a story, perhaps, of where you've been able to draw a straight line from the presence of this farmer's market to a family or group Not of people? yet. Okay. I, yeah, so we've, um, our hope had been, well, and the other part I failed to say is in the middle of all of those moving parts this past year, The city of Rome said, hey, we've got this two-acre parcel of land down by the river, um, and there'd been splossed money allocated to do some other things with that property, and would you all like it to cultivate it as a farm? So we didn't have enough going that we decided that a farm might as well be a thing, too. Sure, (laughs) why not not have a farm as well? So we are cultivating that land. um, As well as the land that you had before, I curious. Yes, so so we are really intentionally going to be planting out there, like, this past Sunday, we were out with two church groups, and our drug court um, relationship was also out there. And we cultivated a number of the fields and turning compost and doing things on Sunday, trying to get that ready so that late summer, early fall into late fall, we'll have some vegetables out there. Mm-hmm. Nice. So our ambition had been to take the bus out 16 times a okay. month. And right now, we're taking it out eight. Okay, yeah. With what we have. Yeah. Um, and moving forward, it'll be 16. So we're, we're meeting people as we, we show up. And so the best, anybody can come shop from it. It's not a just for those who are right. economically yeah. mm-hmm. unstable or those who are well-to-do. Yeah. It's anybody who pulls up and wants to purchase food can purchase food. One of our um, Baptist churches in town did mm-hmm. a really cool thing last week. They had two of their congregants that are Hispanic come and prepare food that are typical to their countries and sell it as the bus was there. And we purposely brought out things like peppers and tomatillos um, to be able to sell more um, locally for them. Uh, And that was our best day because folks came for both the food and the food. Yeah. Um, And you were giving someone else a market. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would Mm -hmm. assume like the people are making the the food. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like for those of us who are invested in seeing food systems change, that Mm -hmm. that spirit of collaboration is really important and just continuing to exert a gravity that brings other people in and rethink, you know, create different foods, create, you know, create a space where there's no division between sort of 
um, higher income and lower income people. Like right. we're all just here together, we, and yeah. and it's all that you know. And hopefully that continues to exert more and more gravity, so that other people yeah. want to be a part of that. And so yeah. that's how food systems get changed. I think. Absolutely, I think so. Yeah. It feels like yeah. that's probably true. That's our yeah. best guess at this point. Right. I think. Right. But that is that is incredible. And our guests work in the garden. We um, ask them to put in an investment of two hours a month, and many yeah. of them go way beyond that yeah. because once yeah. they get out there, start pulling mm -hmm. weeds or making sure the chickens are watered and fed or whatever part yeah. that they're yeah. you know able to do that two hours, they end up saying, "Well, I, I went out and checked on the rabbits." Yeah, you know, and they're just doing in case. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little more buy-in. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something really holy about dirt. And we have gotten so disconnected from the earth that the minute I start seeing our guys, you know, they'll come back in the afternoons from mental health treatment and that you realize they're out with the rabbits and they're just sitting by the rabbit hutches oh. or, you know, they've gone over to the gardens mm -hmm. and they're weeding. There's this very holy kind of restorative thing that occurs yeah. when yep. they're present in that space that sure we need to have um, medical help around some of their mental health but also we need to reconnect them to dirt yeah. and say yeah. you know there's there's a worthwhile space here mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to be a part of and that their worth is oh yeah valued exactly. in that yeah. something's oh, yeah. restorative mm -hmm. yeah you, you look like you got a question. I do question. have a question. Oh, it's kind of sure. off that. It, it just, I'm curious because we didn't get to it. Like, what do you do with your chickens and rabbits? Sure. Really good question. Mm -hmm. um, right now, our chickens lay and okay. we use the eggs um, and all of our food. Mm -hmm. We also have ducks. I failed to mention the ducks. Oh. Oh. Ducks Don't have ducks. much richer eggs. Oh, you can, beautiful eggs. Yeah, yeah. So we bake with those eggs because oh. um, they're, you know, like if you're yeah. going to bake a cake, you'd rather a duck egg yeah. than a chicken egg, um, which I, did, I learned this year. I didn't know that. <laughs> now I know things. Um, the, the rabbits right now are in runs in between our fruit bushes okay. and they fertilize. We will um, process them okay, ultimately. Um, I'm really struggling with the fact that if I'm going to process rabbits, I probably need to be a part of that as well. Um, and so I'm just mustering up courage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pray for you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it feels like it, yeah. it would be the faithful thing. If I'm no, gonna, and I feel yeah. like there's a there's an opportunity there to yeah. explore some different kind of proteins. Sure. Um, and to, you know, more sustainable rather than going huge. I mean, yes. and there's, there's a place for right. beef, but in a place like Rome, right. that smaller quicker turnover, right. you know, that, that there may be something. Rabbit stew might be the thing. Rabbit stew yeah. might, might be the way to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've had some pulled rabbit, too. Okay. And that okay. Makes, a, makes a pretty decent sandwich. See? Yeah. 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 So just. These are ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tuck those away because I don't need to wrestle with <laughs> processing a yeah. rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We're, um, we really, I, I think, um, honestly, a lot of the, the things we do around the garden and, and in the shelter is that everything has a couple of touches, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, that we really, really want to compost and we really, really want to recycle and we really want to reuse what we can. And so there's this narrative that even as um, our guys are there saying, hey, yeah. you know, there's more to just be living in a space that we are we're called to a different way of being. Yeah. yeah. And here living into systems, like really thinking mm -hmm. more systemically, which I think yeah. You know, spiritually, as we've been talking, I mean, the conversations we've been having here um, at Warren Wilson is really about how do we think more seriously about the systems that we yes. participate in. And so the simple systems, they don't feel simple when you're in the middle mm -hmm. of it, but the simple systems of a farm teaches us to think about how things are connected yes. and to realize that we're interconnected, which I think is so important when you're dealing with, you know, issues around homelessness, hunger, mental health, those yes. kind of things. And so... Yeah, so you're modeling that, and I think that's deep spiritual formation, even though it we is. don't call it that. It is, very much. And I think um, we were t you had talked about compost the other morning. Yeah. 
as part of our devotional and um, we were out Sunday and we had this huge pile of compost that had to be moved and the church brought a skid and a front loader and spread it all out, which was fantastic because it was going to be hours yeah. of wheelbarrows. Yes. 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 I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, these praise God for up. the yeah. tractor. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of my interns is standing there and he turns and looks and, you know, like the ground is smoking. Yep. You know, right. Just all the steam yeah. is coming up off the ground. And he said, what is going on? You know, I had a panic <laughs> and I said, it's a lot. Like that's yes. compost working yep. and turning and um and he said, oh, so that's what we're doing with those buckets. And I said, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yes. why we have them in the kitchen, and that's why we do this. And then, I mean, obviously the pile of compost had come from somebody else, but gosh, wouldn't it be beautiful one day to say that was our pile of compost? Right. And yeah. he, for, for Caleb, it was this, oh, great okay. moment out at the farm that mm-hmm. was really cool to, to help him start thinking about yeah. it a little differently. Yeah. Well, and I just think closing those loops of the cycle, like I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I feel mm-hmm. like compost does is then you think about both what was you put in the compost and then what the yes. compost is going to grow. And I just would think that for your guests to see like, oh, this food that I'm consuming, I helped grow. Yes. And then we take the waste and to actually be, I mean, we're all actually always participating in these cycles. Absolutely. But unconsciously often. Yeah. And so to actually. Intentionality is really important. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious, you've used the word sacred, you've used the mm. word faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happen to know that you are an, an ordained <laughs> clergy person because yes. we learned that on the walk down. But how does your faith, um, I don't want to say influence because it seems like it's its an integrated piece, but mm. um, how would you articulate your, your faith journey with mm. the work that you're doing? Sure. So I think it's, I, you know, I think Warren Wilson, as um, being a student here, really instilled a lot of that ethos mm-hmm. in kind of how I understood the world um, in some very profound ways. Um, and then moving forward, um, living into, I think, space where um, I've done ministry in a lot of settings, um, done family ministry and been in local church ministry, but but always having this pull back toward um, connecting the church and the world mm-hmm. and the world to the church. The, there are so many folks who are marginalized outside the, the local church building entity denomination whatever label um and so kind of living into how do we pull those pieces together and let uh, allow some space for people to to find home both um outside and inside the church has kind of always been an underlying draw for me um so coming back to do this work really felt like the best of both um i the the Davies Shelter was founded by a cooperative Baptist minister. Bill Davies is still alive and very much involved in the work we do. Um, we, he has a Bible study on Sunday nights. Our guests can go or not go. That's mm-hmm. fine. We tie none of our um, services to religious practice on purpose. We yeah. believe that we are um, an expression of God's grace in the world. And so we're called to live a certain way and do a certain thing. But whether or not somebody else chooses it is entirely up to God. That's yeah. God's work, not ours. Um, so I think um, for me, it just it feels intuitive that, that my faith story then leads out into learning new ways of being in community with people who were otherwise overlooked. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, even as a staff a year ago, looked at our mission statement and how, how did we function. And, and so really honestly on our staff, there's me as Episcopal clergy, and then I have a agnostic on staff, mm-hmm. and that we all are working together um, 
thinking about people as having worth. So our three uh, bracketed kind of statements that we say is that everyone has sacred worth, everyone is on a restorative journey, and we are a welcome community. Mm-hmm. And that applies to both our guests and to us as staff. Mm-hmm. And so that if we get something wrong, we deal with one another as if that you know you have sacred worth and I have yes. sacred worth. Mm-hmm. And so our interactions might be frustrating or complicated, but that we still resolve things because we believe in one another's sacred worth. Yeah. That we're all on a restorative journey. And so that means that sometimes we're not gonna get it right yeah. um, as staff and the guests aren't gonna get it right in their journey as well, but that we come back around and talk about it and say, how can we better meet you where you are? And then how do we get you where you need to be? Yeah. And, and it, for all of us, that it's not a hierarchical um, arrangement that we really live into it as, as faithful people together. And then we're, we're, we're welcoming. You know, if you come to us, however broken you are, if you're coming from jail, if you're coming with 15 um, probation charges that we're gonna have to help you walk with and um, you don't have your GED and your mental health is spiraled out, we're still here with you mm-hmm. and you're welcome here mm-hmm. as, in, in all the ways that we can meet you where you are. And so that really, I think for me, is this underlying gospel story yeah. you know Jesus said come to the table everybody come mm-hmm. and so that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. yeah I just get shivered it's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful thank you what other stories do you want to tell or what else mm. do you think might what else is on your heart to share with our listeners wow I think you know for me I think you know the national average uh, for folks who are homeless is that 48% of people are living with mental illness mm-hmm. And then along with that comes substance abuse, because if you've got voices that won't quiet down or you've got anxiety and depression that can't resolve, then you're going to find ways to manage them. And there is no judgment in that. There is Mm -hmm. just you to survive. You're trying to find ways just to live. Um, And so I think if um, as humans, we can kind of recognize those parts of people's narratives and that a homeless person isn't just being criminal to be criminal and a homeless person isn't just crazy and complicated, that there is a an underlying narrative to their story that um, as a community for Rome, but as a community, as a a nation, we need to start acknowledging those broken systems to then say, how do we fix that? And then what does that look like? That's really important. Um, And for me, it's a faith issue. Um, Again, it comes back to sacred worth. um, That people aren't throwaway. People aren't discardable, that um, that we really recognize that. Like if we yeah. say we see all, if all people are creations of God, then yes. why are we discarding them? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's a bigger kind of systems yeah. Co- uh, yeah. conversation, but I think it really matters. And I imagine yeah. many communities who are wrestling with issues of homelessness, those are root causes where they are as well. Yeah. yeah. And what we've found is creating community, it, um, it, it engenders more community. So our guests often leave us. They're ready to go. They've done what they needed to do mm-hmm. to get on their feet, and um, and then they come back because mm-hmm. they want to have dinner, and they want to come back because they want to be in the garden. Or they, you know, there's this not yeah. because they need to come back for shelter, but because there's they community found there. The and, yeah. yeah, and so that's been a really beautiful, um, Cersei in the, a southern word, like a little gift that we've gotten um, that f- people come back to us and, and want to be a part of things and, and share that. And are your meals able to just be open like that? They are, yeah. And anyone can yeah. show up and just Absolutely. have dinner. Yeah. And do people in the community who are housed, I mean, Sometimes is, is there do. a yeah. place for like a mixing of? 
We do a garden work night the first Monday night of every month, and anybody who wants to show up comes up nice. over and works, and then we all go and sit and have a meal together. Nice. That's mostly sourced out of our gardens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if somebody knocks on the door and says, I need a shower, I need a cup of coffee, I need to just sit down for a minute, I need food, that's part of who we are. Nice. Um, and we really intentionally mean that. Yeah. So we always end our podcast, um, and you have given. We always try to end on a positive note, and you yes. have been unbelievably positive. Like, <laughs> but nevertheless, we always ask, what brings you hope? Sure. And not the kind of hope that is sort of cheery and rainbowy, right. but like, you know, what actually, as you enter into you know, the human condition, what yes. gives you hope that sure. this work is, is worth continuing? Sure. Um, so we recently just started this really robust relationship with Drug Court. Mm-hmm. And, and can you tell us what that so is? So Drug Court yeah. is um, a program that is very intensive. Um, folks who are coming out of prison come back to the community and have um, drug tests every day. They mm-hmm. have check-ins at court. They have um, a, a weekly plan that they have to meet or they have to go back to prison. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very intentional move to um, move people out of incarceration mm-hmm. back into their communities. It, it, for the state of Georgia, uh, drug court saves $7 million a year wow. in incarceration costs. Yeah. So it's this phenomenal program. Um, it is complicated in all the ways you can imagine. Sure. Addiction and um, recidivism and crime all swirl around in communities have uh, people who are strongly for it or strongly against it in all the ways you can imagine sure. people's stories come to that table. But um, so we've just begun this very intentional work with drug court. It's only been in Rome. We've just graduated the first graduate through the program. Um, and so we've been living with them. And so a lot of our guests have come through um, because of them calling and saying, do you have a bed? And okay. if they're with you, yeah. then, you know, can we help do some things better? Um and so we, I, I just see hope there. You know, we sat in this guy's graduation the other day and his family's sitting there and he'd had this heroin addiction and had lost his children and two years in his story of drug court had changed and reshaped his narrative. And here sit his children and here sits his wife. And it makes me weepy yeah. <laughs> because I am weepy. But he, there was just this rich kingdom kind of moment where he was, received back in and mm. the beautiful so his story was particularly beautiful he um had finished all his hours of probation in february and the court um, program wasn't done till may and so the judge had to call him in and say you can walk out now now if you walk out now you won't graduate from drug court in may mm-hmm. but but you're done like all the things you had to do all the boxes are checked and he said oh no i'm staying like oh. i'm gonna do it until may and he did on his own on his own Absolutely. steam yeah. because he felt like it was important and yeah. um and then to see the room full of people mm. cheering him on and so then fast forward to this past sunday and i had five more folks from drug court out at the farm working with me you know doing augering holes which is no small feat yeah. um, to put a greenhouse up and and I said can I put your picture on Facebook because we use a lot of social media mm-hmm. to encourage the community and I said I you know want to maintain dignity around your story so I won't label you as drug court and all of them said oh no tell everybody we're drug wow. court because wow. we want people to know it matters and yeah. it works wow. and and so that gives me hope that, that people... They were taking on the story for others. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I think, you know, that kind of yep. embodied hope that we're all working together for a different way of being a community mm-hmm. is, 
you know, and it's not sunshiny rainbows because no. I, yeah. you know, standing with those five people and I, th- th- my heart just said, oh, I just pray every one of them makes it through. Yeah. I hope yeah. in two yeah. years I'm standing in their graduation. graduation. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much Absolutely. for coming. Thank you. An incredible story. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. And can our guests find you on yes. social media? And how can we support? And if someone has a million dollars that they want to give Absolutely. a great organization, where should they send it? <laughs> All those things. Yeah. So, so we are. Um, our website it is daviesshelter.com. D-A-V-I-E-S shelter.com. We are on Facebook as the shelter. And the Ruth and Naomi House are our two um, spaces. Mm. And then we're on Instagram. I think it's Davy Shelter Inc. is our Instagram handle as well. And so all the ways that folks can reach out and find us there. We have a Donate Now button on our webpage. And I think you were sharing earlier that all of your work is community funded. It is, 100%. And, so, yes. and that certainly could be the broader community if yes. people feel moved. Absolutely, um, yeah. We wonderful. are faithful stewards. We, Take it and use it as far as it can go. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we invite you to download the rest of our Ecotones of the Spirit series and to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date on the conversations happening around food, health, and ecological well-being. Thank you for listening to the Food and Faith Podcast. Our collaborators are Wake Forest School of Divinity, Plainsong Farm, The Garden Church, and The Keep Until. Music is by Paul Diemer. Follow along and keep up to date with the podcast on Facebook at Food and Faith Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Food and Faith Pod, or on our website at foodandfaithpodcast.org.